Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. So exciting to be with you today. We have a wonderful guest joining us. And that is Gabe Kaminsky. He's a writer at The Federalist, which is one of my favorite websites, thefederalist.com. You can check him out there. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so let's talk about your article here. You have actually written something about Republicans, and you're encouraging them not to bow down to the left. I I think this should be all of our rallying cry. We need T-shirts. We need a website. Do not bow down to the left dot com. People need this kind of encouragement because I, I keep hearing the under rumblings of Americans right now on the right are, well, I'm not voting again because the election was stolen. And I I understand the sentiment, but not voting, not being a part of what's going on in America doesn't help. So talk to us a little bit about why you wrote this and and what you're trying to get people to do. Yeah, the piece was a reaction to a New York Post article by a um, a fellow Gen Z person um, who is a little more on the libertarian side of the right, essentially arguing that Republicans will succeed and actually win elections and appeal to young people and I guess the general public by compromising on social on liberal issues, on social issues such as gender, such as climate change, such as just a variety of these issues. Um, and, it's, you know, my reaction to this was absolutely not, if anything, what we've learned in the past four years is that Republicans will win by focusing on social conservatism, which is what exactly Donald Trump started in um, the, the populist movement in 2016 and thereafter. Uh, so I think it's important for conservatives to not just focus on fiscal issues strictly, strictly the party of big business and tax cuts, but focus on these social issues that Americans clearly care for very deeply and that are affecting communities. Yeah, and and there is there is some synergy around that. Like people are much more likely to work towards something or, you know, kind of join the cause of activism on something that they can see directly impacting them than they are on something that is a little more nebulous that doesn't really impact them every day. And it goes just beyond winning elections. I mean, to be clear, it's not just oh, Republicans have to focus on social issues to win elections. No, Republicans should focus on social issues such as immigration, such as taking on big tech, such as critical race theory, such as abortion, because these are important things. And and people on the right who just say, well, we have to compromise the left, it's a losing movement, it's a losing talking point, but it's also just uh, morally bankrupt. It is. It, it is morally bankrupt. And so, you know, you're you're actually talking about the difficult stuff here, Gabe, because the the thing about social issues is you have to actually understand them. You might have to read a book or two by some expert. You need to figure out where you come down on the social issue and why. And then you have to rank that social issue in its order of importance so that you can properly delineate to someone else who maybe their main issue is the Second Amendment and you want them to care about, let's say, abortion and how it's destroying millions of babies' lives you know, a, a year and therefore families are being destroyed and the the society that we live in is being destroyed even if we're under which we are we're actually under a million a year in abortions but the carnage that reaches out from abortion goes beyond simply one woman having an abortion and that being it there's a father involved etc cetera, etc cetera. so you that i went through that process of figuring out where do i where do i place my 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 
breaking point for a candidate if they're for the Second Amendment, but they're they're against a uh, you know the the pro life movement. Do I still support them? How do I figure this out? And I had a friend tell me, and she's a pro life leader in our area. She said, "Well, I found that if I say to a person, are you pro life? Are you pro woman? Are you pro baby?" If they come down on that side as a yes, they're going to be for the Second Amendment, religious freedom, and all the other things I care about, limited government. But if I say, are you for the Second Amendment, they could also be, you know, pro-choice. They could, you know, so they have a different uh, orientation. I kind of adopted that for a while for an election cycle to see how many candidates will I meet and, you know, what is this litmus test, the reality of it. And she's right. And so my number one issue is a social issue. It is abortion. Are you pro-life or are you pro-abortion? It works for me, but I've also read books and interviewed people. And, you know, so you don't have to have a PhD in pro-life, you know, activism to understand it, but you do have to at least take some time to figure out where you are. Look, I think it is true in in some scenarios that some of these social issues, it's going to be people who are more passionate. But the reality is a lot of these issues are more intuitive. So something like critical race theory, where children are being judged by the color of their skin and not their independent ideas. The reason we have seen a huge backlash across the country is that it's just intuitively wrong. It's intuitively moral. Something like big tech, where big tech is censoring people on a very arbitrary basis, that is something that fires people up, something that should fire people up. So, so for this writer in the New York Post to say, well, we just need to push economic incentives to businesses, and we just need to focus on free market alternatives, it's just a return to generations of Republicans who have failed voters and failed to actually connect to the things that have completely led communities in decay. True. So in your article, the, well, and what I love is the cover image is President Trump. He's walking uh, after disembarking from his Trump jet, and he's got two thumbs up, and he's walking towards the, the person who's taking the picture. And your subheader is the way to solve America's issues and connect with Republican voters is not to parrot libertarian talking points that enable leftist power. Um, I, we see a slate of them. And, and I'm really interested to, to hear your take on the nine. Uh, I think there are nine of them. They're rhinos. And they continually like when it when sometimes when it matters the most to us, they flip over and they vote with the Democrats, Mitt Romney, Murkowski, Collins, Tester, you know, the, that bunch. What do we do about activating people to really make a choice about whether or not those senators are great elected representatives for the current Republican Party platform? Because that's what they're supposed to actually believe in and and vote towards. Right. I think it comes down to voters making a choice when it comes on Election Day. And, you know, the individuals such as Senator Pat Toomey, who is actually not running for re-election next year, individuals like Murkowski, Collins, Romney, these are people that have pretty much overwhelmingly centralized uh, fiscal issues, and they have not stood by the president. They have not stood by the party. And it doesn't mean blindly following the party, but it means being attentive to the important issues going on in the country. And so I think that you see that the, these specific lawmakers are not willing to stand up for a lot of the conservative values that, you know, you look around today, there, there's really wild things happening in this country. Things that, specifically the riots of last summer, one to two billion dollars of damage cities across this nation. And you have, you have certain squishy Republicans in Congress who are unwilling to completely denounce these things or 
parrot the left's talking point about that they were mostly peaceful, specifically uh, Mitt Romney sort of rallying with those other individuals. So voters need to to think about the people that represent them and the people that are willing to take on issues more than just benefiting big business, as GOP has done for a very long time. Yeah, I, I just I know that what people tell me is, oh, Stacy, you know, these the, they're they're coming from states where they're, you know, moderates are sending them. So they're, they're Republicans. So they have to kind of be moderate. I think they could actually do their jobs and execute on being the Senator from, you know, let's Murkowski from Alaska. Um, She could focus her energy on representing the people of Alaska in such a way while still supporting the Republican party platform. And her main issue is social is a social issue. She's an abortion supporter, but she's a Republican it doesn't match up. And the Democrats don't allow it, Gabe. They've actually forced out people in elected office who were pro-life. And they've told the 24 million pro-life Democrats who actually have their own group that they can, they can be Democrats all they want, but they can expect nothing from the Democrat Party on the, in the way of uh, supporting them on their social issue. But Republicans, we don't seem to have that same backbone. I think on the left, there's been this constant. First of all, I do think there is a fragmentation on the left between the more progressive wing and kind of the establishment Democratic wing. But overwhelmingly, you see that the left will compromise in Congress to reach more socially liberal goals. Whereas I think on the right, as we're clearly seeing right now, we're seeing the lawmakers who are in line with certainly the MAGA movement, um, but putting aside Trump, just the movement that is just rejecting that strictly we are going to cut taxes and life will be swell. And you certainly have this, this differentiation and it'll come time to see how voters um, certainly, I mean, you're, you, you know, if you look at polls, you see that between Trump and DeSantis, these are the two leaders that conservative voters see as, as the leaders of the party right now. And so if that's the case, then certainly people like Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and at all um, are not representative of the voter base. And they're not. Uh, and so what's interesting about um, West Virginia continuing to send Manchin back is this may be the first time, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Gabe, but this may be the, the first time that they're going to actually see whether having him there as a Democrat benefits the people of West Virginia or it's a detriment to them based on how he votes in the Senate. He's he's actually enjoying an enormous amount of attention and power right now because he he's the, you know, so-called swing voter and his opinion really matters and so he's being courted by the Biden administration and by the leadership in Congress and even in the Senate. Everyone cares what he thinks and they want to have him usher in their agenda and he's resisting but then he's, you know, flopping over and he's, you know, so he's what do you what do you think his prospects are? I'm not really sure. I think that Manchin clearly toes a fine line between, uh, he's, you know, kind of a blue dog Democrat. And I think he has to toe a fine line because in West Virginia, voters are not for the sort of radical policies that perhaps the voters in Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district are going to vote for. I mean, I'm convinced if AOC ran pretty much anywhere else in the country, she would have a very difficult time uh, winning, or at least a more normal, moderate place such as West Virginia, where uh, Joe Manchin is currently elected. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Manchin. I think Manchin um, is going to run into a situation where he's going to potentially offend those on the right and the left because he's just constantly blocking this sort of tightrope between both parties. And that's something I think we're seeing right now. People are either more conservative or they're more liberal. People are 
I think you're seeing in America less people in sort of moderate inclinations, given the clearly uh, divisive time today. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so my hope is that people will read an article like yours and be inspired to actually find out where they fall um, and then figure out how they can talk about this. So there's podcasts, this podcast and so many other podcasts. There's radio shows. I have a radio show. There's so many places you can go to listen to people have conversations like the one we're having and kind of decide how do I talk to people about this? Because the fact is we, we're kind of in an echo chamber. We are not talking to people. Democrats are out trying to convert people to their way of thinking. They have all the worst ideas, the worst policy, the, the worst track record of success, yet they're constantly out touting their ability to help Americans. They've never helped anyone. Yet we constantly and consistently have policy that helps, that works, that brings prosperity, and we kind of keep to ourselves. We're sitting around talking about how we're not going to do anything because of November when the main thing we should be doing is out talking to people because of November. I saw trending on Twitter, apparently the government is going to send people door to door to try to get people vaccinated. Now, no matter where you fall on the vaccination spectrum, whether you're a never vax, you know, anti-vaxxer or you believe every vaccine, you know, give it to me first. The government going door to door should alarm all of us. Yet the Democrats feel perfectly empowered to do this under the Biden administration. That's an example of how they just will go out and sell. They'll sell rain when it's raining. If, if they think you'll buy it, they'll they'll ask you to buy it. They never stop. The left is happy to go on the offensive, and they're very effective at going on the offensive. And like we've said, for years we've had Republicans who are basically operating very much so as sort of pseudo-libertarians or full-on libertarians. And, and you know, what this, what this writer argued, what I was arguing against, is just this acceptance of everything and just saying, okay, freedom, 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 freedom over moral values, freedom over a moral culture. So, you know, it, it's very important for conservatives if they are actually conservative, to, to centralize the social issues that are clearly affecting the country. Um, and it's not just about appealing to young people or appealing to older people. It's really just about appealing to a natural sensibility, which is to preserve something about America that the left clearly uh, has shown an inability or hatred to preserve. Well, the, one of the best things that people can do is read the link in the show notes. The story is entitled, No Republicans Will Not Win Anything by Bowing Down to the Left. It's over at thefederalist.com. I have the link in the show notes. You can click it, read the story, and then share it. That's the first thing. Second of all, consider how you can advance the cause of freedom by speaking to people and evangelizing and going out. Um, because the liberals are doing it. The leftists are out there spreading their horrible ideas, you know, like manure on a field and fertilizing the worst possible things. And we should be out spreading the fresh fragrance of limited government and conservatism. It's our duty to do it. And I'm so glad you could join us today uh, to talk about this and, and to give us your perspective. And thank you for writing the article, Gabe Kaminsky, writer at The Federalist. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Great to talk to you. So I want to now talk to you about our sponsor. We have Thrivent. They say to you, find your purpose, live your calling, start your next career today. You can email david.sample at thrivent.com. It's D-A-V-I-D dot S-A-M-P-L at thrivent.com or visit thrivent.com slash careers. They're actually looking for uh, these financial advisors, which it could be you. 
You can combine your values, drive, and skills to create a rewarding career helping others to reach their financial goals. And you'll have the support of a Fortune 500 company backed by a 100-year legacy. So check them out. It's thrivent.com slash careers. And my favorite health sharing ministry, which is the Alliance for Shared Health, you can join over 40,000 households by clicking the banner ad over at stacyontheright.com. It says Alliance for Shared Health. And you can become a member, sharing in the financial burden of healthcare expenses, including need sharing for critical illness, accidents, dental, and vision. You can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up your prescription from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, order lab and imaging tests at discounts of up to 80%. So open enrollment is now. Don't miss out on the chance to save 50 to 70% on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of others who share your values. Reach out to Ash today. Head over to stacyontheright.com. Click the banner ad and sign up now. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. So don't miss out on all the fun stuff at stacyontheright.com. I'll see you again on another podcast. <laughs>